You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Another week of boxing, another week of a fantastic fight happening over the weekend between Angelo Leo versus Stephen Fulton. And Angelo Leo, if I believe I'm correct, is signed to Mayweather promotion, so he got some some good people backing him. So having seen some of their previous fights uh, coming into the fight, I knew that Leo was more of the aggressive, come forward fighter, and Fulton was more of a like a boxer puncher type, but not in this fight. In this fight, something in him said, nah, he got to bring the fight to Leo, and that's exactly what he did. He fought in the pocket. He was coming forward. Uh, I believe Leo was coming forward majority of the fight, but Fulton did not shy away from him. Fulton didn't, he didn't run around in circles. He didn't fight off the ropes um, a lot during the fight. And he just knew, I can beat this guy on every single level. I can beat him distance using the jab, which eh, he sort of did in the early rounds a little bit, but he abandoned that for at least like nine or 10 rounds of the fight. And he knew I can beat him on the inside. And that's exactly what he did. He showed it's just different levels in boxing. It's different levels. And Leo, he tried his best. And I give him the utmost respect because he fought a good fight. But Fulton was just better. His counters were cleaner. His defense was more sturdy. And his punches to the head were more deadly. Leo did do some really good body work, I will say. But he didn't have the power. He didn't have the power for his body shots to be as effective to to negate some of the things that Fulton was doing. Yes, he landed. I believe he landed over 100 body shots. I believe so. And it didn't slow Fulton down. Not one inch. Not one inch. So that's just lets you know how strong and tough of a fighter that Fulton is. And correct me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong. Stephen Fulton, the best dream featherweight in the world right now. After that performance last night, he's at least top three. At least easy top three. At least after that performance. Okay? I may have been reaching or exaggerating by saying the best, but he's definitely top three. Definitely top three. Now he just has to fight the other uh, top names in that division to really see if he can be the best. And I have the utmost faith that he can beat all of them. I am not a fan. I'm a fan. Stephen Fulton, I'm checking out for you. The world will be watching you, waiting for your next fight. So do good, champ. Moving on, uh, I'm going to start talking about some of the upcoming fights in the heavyweight division. And, you know, some in the um, 130-pound division that are going to be fantastic. And I'm just going to give my quick predictions on them. So, first thing is first is Ferry and Joshua. Uh, Eddie Hearn, who you know I don't like. If you listen to previous episodes, I don't like him. But he said the contracts have been made. All they are doing is wait for them to sign it. I've said already I have Tyson Ferry winning because he is just too good. Is Anthony Joshua stronger than him? Yes, Anthony Joshua can punch harder than him. He's stronger than him. But Tyson Frey, he could take a fucking punch. He could take a fucking punch and rise up like a goddamn phoenix or the fucking undertaker. And he could beat you. 
that Tyson Fury that fought Wilder the second time, that Tyson Fury, he's unbeatable. And Joshua has the best chance to beat him, but it's not good enough. It, it just won't be. Tyson Fury, he's just too good. Now, maybe Tyson Fury might have an off day or an, an off night. He might eat a bad burger. He might eat some tainted meat. And Joshua might get lucky. But the chances of that happening, eh, a little slim to none, okay? So I have Tyson Fury winning that fight. Uh, they said that they are looking for it to happen in the summertime in Saudi Arabia. And if you follow me on Twitter, I already tweeted, do not bring this Saudi Arabia shit to me. And that's exactly what the hell they did. That's what they did. These are two fighters, two fighters from Europe. Why the fuck are you not having a fight in Europe? I would love for this fight to happen at the O2 Arena. That's where I want the fight to happen, rather the O2 Arena or Wembley Stadium. Or is it arena? Is it stadium or arena? Whichever one it is, I want it to happen at one of those two places. Don't come to me with this Saudi Arabia shit. Okay? And nothing against Saudi Arabia. Nothing against them. But I just know for the sake of the fans who have been waiting so long for this fight. We've been waiting over a year for this fight. You got to cut us some slack. Ain't no fan of Anthony Joshua who lives in the UK or Britain or wherever the fuck they live over there wants to fly to Saudi Arabia to watch their favorite boxer fight. No, they want to drive two blocks from their house, buy a ticket, watch the fight, then go to their local pub after. That's what they want to do. They don't want to fucking fly to Saudi Arabia. So what the hell is going on? What is with Saudi Arabia? Why is that place such a hot spot right now for boxing fights, for big boxing fights? And I'm over exaggerating because there was only like, what, one boxing fight there? That was the Joshua and um, Ruiz too. But still, why is this fight being talked about being over there? Just have it at the O2 or Wembley Stadium, man. Just please do it for the fans. Do it for the fans. For the fans. All right, the second fight is um, Dylan White versus Povetkin. It's happening. Uh, I can't recall the date. You can look it up. Uh, it's, it's literally just a quick Google search. I'm not going to do it for you. I, once again, like I said in my previous episode, I have Dylan White winning. Uh, I just believe he's just the better overall fighter. He He has a good punch. Uh, he he's a little more technical. He has higher ring IQ. It just Povetkin just has he just has that that one punch knockout power that uh, Dylan White he just wasn't wasn't being too cautious enough to avoid it. He got a little reckless. He got a little loose with his defense, and Povetkin caught him. And this second fight, I don't think Dylan White is going to be as reckless. Uh, I don't think he's going to be as nonchalant about his defense. And even though Dylan White, he's not really known for having great, great defense or even really good defense. Uh, I believe that he, he's going to work on, work on his defense and using, you know, spacing uh, a little bit better head movement and even might even try to, to smother some of Povetkin shots to negate some of the power. But Povetkin, he's also pretty decent on the inside. So we'll just, have to see. As long as he just improves his defense, Dylan White should be able to to win this fight. It's still gonna be a tough fight, but um, 
he was basically winning every single round until Povetkin landed that uppercut and knocked him out. He was winning every single round until that happened. So I I have I still have faith that he's gonna be the better boxer and win. All he has to do increase your defense and watch out for those uppercuts. Uh, next one is actually a surprising fight, but I think it's a good one. They have Joe Joyce versus Alexander Usyk for a title eliminator, and the winner will get a shot, I believe, at Anthony Joshua, which I actually kind of like because um, as much as we always want to talk about the big-name fighters like uh, Joshua and Fury, I'm always still interested in these title eliminator fights because I want to see these fights just as much as I want to see the big ones. Well, not just as much, but, you know, pretty, pretty close. Um, as much as I want to see Joshua fight Fury, I want to see uh, Luis Ortiz fight Dylan White. Like, even though White is fighting Povetkin now, but you know what I'm saying. I want to see F.A. Ajagba fight, I don't know, uh, Brazil. Even though I think Brazil, they have talks of him fighting. Uh, who is Brazil fighting again? What 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 is that guy's name? Oh, Otto Valim. That's gonna be a really good fight too. The Otto Valim and Brazil fight is gonna be a really, really good fight too. So I feel like, you know, they're 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 taking more um consideration into getting these title eliminated fights in and having these high contenders fight each other rather than just focusing on the big name fights, which I think would just do nothing but improve boxing. So happy about the Joey Joyce and Usyk fight, who I think will win. I think Usyk will win because I got to look up how big George Race is. He is a big guy, but I don't think he's like a Joshua Fairy type big. He's definitely bigger than Usyk. Oh, man, but Usyk, he's just too crafty of a fighter, man. He's too crafty of a fighter, too crafty of a puncher. Has really good defense, but George Race, he's good himself. Very, very slow um, just from my eyeball test, but he he's really good himself. And this fight, we will see if Usyk can really take a punch from a true heavyweight. We will really see if he could take a true punch from a true heavyweight. The two heavyweights that he fought so far were, you know, on a smaller side of the average size of mid- of heavyweights now. But Joy Joyce, he's like the size of a, a regular heavyweight. And he got the power too. So if he can take the punch, I have Usyk winning. Um... No knockout uh, is going to go 12 rounds. Unanimous decision for Usyk. But if he cannot take the punch, I have Joy Joyce winning in like eight rounds. Knockout. Moving forward, we have Miguel Burchelt versus Oscar Valdez. And this, I'm saying it right now. This is going to be one of the best fights of 2021. We're going to have a lot of big fights in 2021. Well, I hope we have a lot of big fights in 2021. This is going to be one of the best fights in 2021. And make sure this does not fly under your radar. Make sure it does not. Miguel Bachelt, one of the best fighters at 130. Oscar Valdez, one of the best fighters at 130. Both of them, strong, crafty, tactical, tough, good IQ. And they just know how to beat the fuck out of people. Both of them know how to beat someone down, how to break you down. And these two fighters are going to see each other. I have Miguel Bachet winning just because I think he's bigger. Uh, I think he's stronger. 
And I think he's just going to be a little too much for Oscar Valdez. Oscar Valdez, he's going to put up a hell of a fight, though. He's going to put up a hell of a fight. I think for the first six rounds, it's going to be looking quite even. It's going to be looking quite even like a 50-50 toss-up with some debatable rounds. But after round six, when you get into the second half of the fight, that's when Miguel Bachel is going to start breaking him down. And it's going to start to get too much for Valdez. Will he get the knockout? I don't know. Valdez is tough to knock out. Very, very tough to knock out. But I think Miguel Bachel can do it. So I say... Miguel Bachelet wins by knockout in round 12. In the last round before the fight is over, Miguel Bachelet will get the knockout. That's my prediction. So that's uh, more of the current prediction I have for some of the uh, fights I'm looking forward to. There's a lot more fights that I am looking forward to. But if I do prediction for all of them, we'll be sitting here for five fucking hours. So I just, uh, you know... I picked and choose some ones that I personally and you know pretty excited to see myself. There's other ones, like I said before, that I want to see, but I don't want to be sitting here for too long. So before I end, there's a couple things I want to talk about. I read a headline that said that Golden Boy refuses. I repeat, Golden Boy refuses. Let Ryan Garcia fight Teofimo Lopez. What the fuck is going on? In my last episode of the Flurry Podcast, I made, I dedicated a whole episode for my love and appreciation to boxing. And then this is the type of bullshit that I have to hear after I said all those lovely things about boxing. This is how you do me. And the fans and Teofimo Lopez, this is how you do us? Now, I don't know if it's Ryan Garcia himself saying he don't want the fight. I highly doubt that's the case because Ryan Garcia, he doesn't strike me as the type to shy away from a tough challenge. He doesn't look like the person or talk or walk like the person who shies away from the biggest and baddest motherfuckers in the division. But Oscar De La Hoya, oh, you got a history of stuff like this. You have a history of of rumors spreading around that you are preventing your fighters from fighting certain top-level names. Remember a few years ago, they said that he was purposely sabotaging the Canelo versus Triple G fight because he didn't want Canelo to fight Triple G. Remember that? I remember it. And I'll never forgive you for it. So Oscar De La Hoya has a history of doing stuff like this, and it looks like he's back in his old bag. He's back in that bag of tricks. Why are you preventing this fight from happening? Now, if you are not preventing, but if you're holding off that fight so Ryan Garcia could fight Pacquiao because you're that close to a Ryan Garcia versus Manny Pacquiao fight, then I will understand. I will get it. I will understand it's a money move and people follow and they chase the money. I get it. I understand it. But as long as you can ensure that that fight is going to happen eventually, but I don't hear talks like that. That's not what the article said. The article. It just said that Golden Boy is not letting Ryan Garcia fight Teofimo Lopez. And I need answers. I need answers from everybody. I need answers from Ryan Garcia, from Oscar De La Hoya, from Teofimo Lopez, from, from Teofimo Lopez's father. I need 
answers from the managers, from the promoters, from the janitors, from the people who type out the contracts. I need answers from the people who do your dry cleaning, who don't even know your last name. I need answers from them as well. I need answers from everybody of why I'm hearing these rumors and I need to know the facts. The last thing I'm going to talk about from someone else I need answers from, Jamal Charlo. I'm a big fan of you. I've always advocated for you being one of the best boxers in the world. I've said it before. And if you haven't heard me say it, I will say it again. Jamal Charlo deserves to be in top 10 pound for pound best boxers. I've said it. You know, he should be like the lower end, like probably like number eight, nine or 10. But he still deserves to be on there. That's how much I believe and have faith in him. But sometimes you can have faith in someone and they don't have the same faith in themselves. Sad case it is. But Jamal Charlo, I don't like what I'm hearing. Demetrius Andrade said they offered you $7 million for a fight on the zone and you turned it down. Explain. Explain. $7 million. That's a lot of money for a fighter like you. Mm, I don't know what your checks be looking like. It, it could be more than seven, but seven is still a nice little check. But even that, sometimes, sometimes the opportunity is not about the money. Sometimes the benefits of an opportunity, it's more than just money. And fighting Andre for $7 million, even if you're used to making 10 or 12 for a fight, and you will be taking less to fight Andre, the benefits of beating Andre is greater than the few millions of dollars you will be missing out on. Because let's just say if you're used to getting $10 million a fight, right? Let's just say it. I'm just using 10 as a, a good even round number. You're used to getting $10 million a fight and Andrade in the zone, they offer you seven, right? You fight Andrade, you beat Andrade. After you beat Andrade, your next fight, you can ask for 20 or 25. You can negotiate to get even more money than what you're used to. It shoots your startup up even higher because you beat a top name, an elite name. The opportunities that will pour in will be endless. So even though the upfront money is probably not looking as good as what you're used to, if I'm assuming that's the case, if I'm assuming that the money was the reason you turned it down, I'm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because I'm a fan of you. If that's the case, then you're still wrong in that department. But if you turn this fight down because you're ducking and dodging, then I got to put an asterisk to your career now. I got to put an asterisk on your career because this isn't the first time I heard about this. It's not the first time. I heard rumors that Canelo offered you a fight a couple years back and you turned it down. So what the hell is going on with you? I need answers. I need an explanation. Why are these two top name level fighters saying they offered you fights and you said no to both of them? What was the reason? Like Cardi B said, what was the reason? What was the reason? What was the reason? That's all it is for the Flayer Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Peace, King. You were just listening to the Flayer Podcast hosted by Monkeys Rawls. Come back for the next episode or go back and listen to the previous ones if you haven't done so.